Hello, I'm Jess. And I'm Ben. You're listening to How Bad Can It Get? Where we watch the most critically condemned movies so you don't have to. The world-famous Spice Girls star in a mockumentary about their lives during the lead-up to their Albert Hall concert in 1996. The girls' lives have become regimentally controlled by a parody Bond villain and their silk-suited manager. They continuously push back against the man and end up in all sorts of bizarre situations, including delivering their friend's baby and jumping the terror bridge in a Union Jack double-decker. A nose-picking journalist who feels he had a hand in their rise to fame is now out to ruin their reputation for a profit. He hires a creepy ball man to climb out of toilets and hide in bushes with the intention to find juicy gossip they can print. The girls hit breaking point during their rehearsal for the concert and storm off declaring the concert cancelled. Feeling directionless, the Spice Girls revisit their old life and bring their heavily pregnant friend Nicola to a nightclub where they abandon her to dance to their own song. That's a true fact. A baby shower, a spa, no less party because we want to let off some steam and bring our friend that's about to pop with us because we feel like neglecting her and then leaving her on her own when she's vulnerable. Nicholas water breaks while dancing alone. The Spice Girls forget about themselves for a minute and realise what's happening. They rush her to hospital where they assist in the delivering the baby. Add that to the resume. After refusing to leave their friend who has just given birth, they backtrack and decide to go ahead with the performance. Breaking every road rule, they manage to make it just in time to jump on stage to the delight of their fans. Spice World is rated 34% on the Rotten Tomato Meter. Unlike most, it actually made more money than it cost. Spice World was a number one box office success in the United Kingdom, grossing more than 6.8 million in the UK during its opening week on Boxing Day. And then in overall, it took 100 million worldwide. Knowing that fact, Ben, that actually did well, but was rated really badly. Where do you think they went wrong? Okay, I loved the Spice Girls when I was a wee boy. I, like, really, really loved them. Specifically, Jerry Halliwell. Halliwell? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jerry Halliwell. Um, Ginger Spice was my fave. I remember that on my on the door to my bedroom, I had a print out of, or like, I'd, I'd torn a page out of a magazine with the Spice Girls on it, and I'd crossed out everyone's face apart from Jerry Halliwell. She's the only one left to kill. <laughs> it's like Kill Bill. Just got Jerry to go. I used to really like Emma and then as an older person I think I, I re- uh, relate more to Mel, Mel B. I think she's far more interesting now as the older I get but then Mel C just for her style. See nowadays looking back at it I'm like Mel C is the best. Not that I want to compare the five of them but to be honest, that's what Spice Girls phenomenon was. It was like, look at these girls fighting for girl power. Who's your favourite? That was kind of damaging. As I said, my favourite was Jerry, Ginger Spice. Nowadays, if I look back on it, it's Mel C. And that's simply based on the fact that she is ridiculously talented. Like, her, her singing voice is fantastic. Remember that song she did with Lisa Left Eye Lopez? Never be the same again. That was that was a good song. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was the chorus for that? That was the chorus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I think she's great. But looking at his film, where does it go wrong? I haven't seen it for many, many years. Like, I would say over two decades. Maybe not that long. Anyway, never mind. I watched it when it first came out. When did it come out, Jess? Was it 98? 1997. 97. So yeah, I probably saw it in about 98. And yeah, I remember liking it as a kid, but the only thing I could remember about it was the bus. The Union Jack bus. When I found out in our last episode that we we're watching Spice World, I was like, great! fantastic let's get this uh, bought and I, I went and got it set up on the television and then my husband was talking to his friend and he was like, oh i have to watch this film with ben tonight i have to watch spice world at no other point has my husband watched these films with me i've always watched them by myself so i said to him afterwards i was like you know you don't have to watch this with me i'm happy to watch it by myself he was like no i guess i have to and i was like no you really don't have to and he was like ben obviously it'll just be easier if i watch it with you and I was like ah ha ha I see what's happening here you're desperate to watch Spice World or have an excuse to watch it without feeling bad about watching it <laughs> exactly so we turned it on and I think we got about 20 minutes in and he turned and just said Ben turn it off this is this is awful and I agreed with him I was like you're right this is dreadful I cannot watch this film it's so bad it makes no sense it's like seven different films all happening at once and it's not funny and it's not entertaining then I went back to finish it and I don't know if it was I don't know like 25% of my brain cells decided just to just to kill themselves and all of a sudden I was thoroughly enjoying this film <laughs> that last act of this film was so entertaining and so fun and I was just like ah this is what I expected the whole movie to be like it wasn't and that last act was very much a breath of fresh air to kind of watch something that you're going this is ridiculous and fun and it's obvious that it's bad but in the best way possible the rest of the film I didn't get that I thought that the first hour or so of this film was painful to get through yeah it's there's no plot like it is a day in a life type thing like when I say mockumentary, I mean it's like a mockumentary where they've combined pretending to do a documentary about themselves, also pretending to have the point of this becoming a film when you have the producer and the writer who's trying to pitch different types of film sections and then it becomes included in the actual film what they're saying. That made no sense. That made no sense. He kept pitching ideas and none of them came to fruition. And then at the end, it was like they were trying to say, oh, he was pitching the idea of this movie all along. And I was going, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't at all. But in saying that, that was my, that was my favorite scene. That was my favorite scene because that producer, the way he reacts to him when he puts him through all that manic stuff for the end sequence, it was the best acting in the whole film was that was George... He's the guy that's in Cheers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he literally flips out at him because he gets so engrossed because this is his, his storytelling is supposed to be so good and he's putting them through all these things and he's just not happy about it because he loves them. And he flips out at him, he starts attacking him and then the manager joins in and starts choking the writer. Yeah. yeah. And it is the funniest scene. I've not seen it as a meme yet. I don't know how this is not a meme for every film where it's gut-wrenching and people are hating the writer for killing off their favourite actor. Yeah. This right here is a meme waiting to happen that, make it happen make it happen because i never even thought of that make it a meme post it on our socials have people spread it 
my favorite scene the whole film which it doesn't really say much does it because it's like the very end basically well it's funny because you've actually described my favorite scene already have i yes which one is yours my favorite scene in the entire film is when they're in the nightclub and it's like the spice girls are trying to relive the days where they weren't the super group that had to conform to the man and their friend is along with them and she's a week past her due date but she's dancing away at the nightclub not even with her friends they left her miles away on a balcony watching them have fun so it was like what yeah i know you are cruel people you've left your poor pal up there i know it's like here i'll I'll not be able to do this again for a long time and then they're like oh amazing bye (laughs) that was my favorite because it was just so it felt unintentionally cruel yeah and i remember watching it just going this is this is bizarre that no one picked up on how cruel that is making the spice girls out to be they do nicola dirty the whole film though the whole film that poor girl is just seen as the friend they used to have before they got famous who kind of still tags along a little bit but is pregnant now and left alone because she's a single mother that that was brilliant that was brilliant that scene where basically this girl What's her name? Nicola. Nicola. So Nicola is every single Spice Girl is her best friend, which is weird in itself. What a strange relationship. It's like they're saying that the Spice Girls are one person who have this one best friend. I found that bizarre and there's no explanation for that, which is fine because it's not the kind of film where you need backstory. But the first scene where you see Nicola, she comes to see the Spice Girls and she's really, really pregnant and they're all like, oh my God, how's things with Trevor? Who's obviously the baby daddy and she goes oh trevor left me and then they all go oh that's it that's it she's just told her best friends she knew he was useless and then he actually turned out to be useless that idea that we expect more from people even though the signs are there that they're not what we want them to be and then when they turn out to be that person were surprised by it. I actually was quite sad for that scene because in a lot of ways it was kind of empowering in a way where it's like it shows the reality of women basically that not always do we have another man a man beside us to look after us sometimes we have to do it on our own the problem i have with that is you don't really know anything about her you just know that she's pregnant and the guy left her and they're not supporting her at all and even in that room she's alone she's so alone because remember she tries to talk to somebody and then she says i'm nobody you're nobody she says yeah it's so sad that character is so sad and then even with the flashback that you have when they're in that cafe and they're dancing about for the first time and she's the one pushing them on always like being like they're brilliant and all you have to listen to their songs but why isn't she a part of the group she obviously mustn't be able to sing but it's so odd that you have this fivesome and then this random person so they can show that they had a life beforehand I mean her being able to sing is nothing to do with her not being in the band we do have Victoria in the Spice Girls might i remind Ooh. you <laughs> no I, I i think i think victoria's great i i, I love posh spice I, in fact i really like all of them i think they all come across quite well in interviews and stuff victoria beckham is not a singer at all yeah but this friend character the thing that got me about that scene where she says trevor's left me it was just really funny that it just came up naturally and it was like oh trevor's left me and all the girls went oh yeah like they're not surprised and then it was just kind of passed over oh if this is your best friend 
like if my best friend came up to me and said oh my boyfriend's left me and I'm about to give birth I would be like oh my god what an arse let's talk about this can I do anything for you are you okay whereas the Spice Girls are just like yeah as if like they're like oh I told you so yeah (laughs) it's like we told you but it's totally fine I knew that was gonna happen hey we're just gonna go and dance do you want to go up and stand on the balcony for a bit we don't want to be around a pregnant girl sorry bye not one of them not one of them stayed with her not one of them but in that scene as well is that a real nightclub I've never I've never gone out clubbing in London before so I don't know but is that a real nightclub I think they used the same set for the nightclub as they did for the bus. If you look at the setup of the bus and the nightclub and the place where they're rehearsing, remember when they're rehearsing their song? And yeah. I think those three places were the same set. I could be wrong, but it just, the balcony was the same. It looked like the same balcony. Yeah, maybe for the bus. I don't know about the other one because the other one looked like an auditorium or something. So I think that's a bigger building. But I think the other two were definitely probably a set. Oh, I don't know if they're different nightclubs, but the night, you know, the nightclub at the end, like when she goes into labor. Yeah. That I think is the same as the bus. To be honest, I didn't gauge that until you said it. And now, now I think about it, it's actually quite easy to manipulate a room like that, especially if it's really dark. Mm-hmm. The bus though, the bus, the way it's decorated, the, old, the way they all have their own little corner and it's all, all styled specifically what their theme is or their style is. It's massive. It's so much bigger than an, the actual double decker is, which is quite funny because it's like a Doctor Who. That was my favorite joke. Yeah. Obviously that was a joke. It's, the, the whole film is very like tongue in cheek. And that was probably one of the funniest bits when you see this thin double decker bus and then you see them going into the interior and it's like the TARDIS it's huge every time there was a scene inside the bus I giggled because it was funny Uh, apparently from what I read it was their idea to do this film and the idea behind it is obviously to show other sides Mm -hmm. of them they have their own personalities and they're more than just what we see but they do this thing where they try to also show that they're not just silly women you know the way that they have a lot of depth and they're smart and they use Jerry by spouting out some random information that she's read, knowing how to play chess. But then they negate that by how they act then. Like, and then silly things that they do kind of negates what they're trying to do, which is show that they're smarter than mm-hmm. what people would think. The jokes that they put even at each other, they don't get. Like when they're like taking the piss out of her for the Gucci dress. Yeah, they're going, now, why don't you try the little Gucci dress? Or the little Gucci dress? Or the little Gucci dress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's obviously poking fun at the characters that people have made them become so you have that element but you it doesn't really work when you're also trying to show people that you're smarter than they want you to think but then also negating that by making it out as if you're actually really stupid so it was really hard to look beyond that and I was like oh I see what you're doing but then also you ruin it by doing this so I don't know it doesn't work with what you're trying to do yeah because they've got bits where Emma Bunton is acting like a baby that was weird and creepy. The police come after them at one point before they go on to do their concert and they're like, you just broke so many laws driving that bus. And she's like, we're really sorry, but we have like thousands of fans that want to see us. And I'm really, really sorry. Please let us get away with like nearly crashing and breaking every law road law there is and jumping the bridge and if that's all it takes to like get the police off your back then great like not great i mean that's pretty terrible but again tongue-in-cheek it's all meant to be funny yeah 
Also, you have to give him credit. That came after the joke where they make, where it's like, she's so cute that she could get away with everything, anything. And they have this flash forward or not like flash forward, but like Mm. this scenario. And she's there sitting there with guns blazing and everybody else looks like proper nice people. And the guy goes about to turn to her and then she smiles at him. And then obviously he picks somebody else, gets a call Mm. back to that. So they obviously build, use that to build up for that bit where she does get away with it because they were like, you get away with anything and you're kind of like, no, would she though? Yeah. And then she does. Yeah, which shows that there was at least a little bit of thought put in. A tiny, minuscule <laughs> little bit of thought into this film. But it's interesting because where the film came from and the idea of the film, I've actually seen loads of contradictory facts and heard lots of different things. Like uh, I read an article that was saying that the script was taken to the girls, but was never... Sorry, I, I'm calling them girls because it's Spice Girls. It's really weird saying girls because they were grown-ass women. I think some of them were, like, what, mid-twenties as well at the time? It sets weird. They were far from being girls, so... Yeah. No, they weren't girls. They're, yeah, they weren't girls. Apparently, they were never really shown the script, according to one article that I read. And whilst they would feed in the ideas, like the interview with Jerry Halliwell, where she said that she was in Bali, but she was constantly on the phone talking about ideas for the film and blah, blah, blah. A lot of the articles are contradicting each other, so I can't really get an idea of exactly where these ideas came from. At the start, you might have noticed in the credits, it says, based on an idea by the Spice Girls and one of the producers, I think it was. But one of the most interesting things that I read about the film was that it took one year from the idea of the film being thought of until the film was released. Literally a year from conception to releasing the movie. I wonder if it was connected to something though. I wonder if the reason why they had to like speed it up that quickly is because they had an album coming out or something. They were recording the album while they were filming. They were recording. I don't know if it was, it must have been Spice World, the album. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, it would have been Spice. I think that was the first CD I had of theirs as well. Oh, was it? Well, I don't even know the names of their album. I had the tape whatever one had viva forever on it because that to this day is my favorite spice girls song the music video for it still gives me chills me too it's so sad it's so sad and it's weird saying that about a spice girls song like it's really weird but i guess it's more to do with being a young kid and hearing this song and seeing this video that's really quite dark I didn't know the concept of it. I was a kid when I watched it, but I remember being very affected by it. It was the little boy and he ends up in a box. Oh, his friends turn into fairies. Yeah, and it's like they're little, you know, those little capsules that used to get toys in. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like based on that. and But at the end, it seemed like the boy was stuck as a fairy, but he was happy about it. And I was like, oh my God, this is friend dead and looking back on it now i'm like oh no that is what it's saying but my god like even now listening to that song i'm like oh i remember being out of all of their songs that being the one that stuck with me but like of all the bad things about the film and the fact that like all the scenes are ridiculous you've got the boot camp scene where they're like getting them into shape and ready with michael barrymore that was mad i know but there's like so many people in this. There's like... It's ridiculous how many people. Janet Ross, you've got Stephen Fry, you've got Jennifer Saunders, you've got Bob Geldof. There's literally a treasure trove of famous people. My favourite two... Jennifer Saunders. Were Rick 
Well, I love Jennifer. Sto- Jennifer, I love Jennifer Saunders so much that I just got her name. <laughs> I love Jennifer Saunders, but my two favorite cameos, but not really cameos, were Richard O'Brien, who I absolutely adore, and in this he is so creepy as like that. I guess he's like a private investigator, stalker guy. He was. He was creepy as hell in this but also roger moore is in this movie which i just as a kid so funny and dancing he's dancing at the end his was my favorite because it it made no sense it was like some sort of weird spin on a charlie's angels slash james bond villain so he's obviously what is that ernst blefford blur 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 blur. he's like the bond villain that has the cat belfield or something oh i'm blop 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 blomfield Oh my God. Yeah, Blomfield. And then he has his idioms that he just spouts these idioms at um, Richard Grant, which is the Clifford, the manager, which is so random and so funny. Richard Grant, I love him. And he's so good in this film. And did you hear why he did the movie? No. His daughter. His daughter was like, you need to be in this movie because I want to meet the Spice Girls. And that's why he did it. He is the best father. He deserves all of the credit for that. If my dad did that, I would be like, yeah. He never would though. My dad's not an actor. But if he was driving the Spice Girls, I'd be like, I need to be your co-pilot because I need to meet them too. He's a good father. Well done. He, I bet he gets, all, even to this day, he gets all the best Father's Day gifts. But he's brilliant. An unhinged manager. Honestly, he's brilliant. Like, he's over the top. And the stress that, like, Roger Moore's character brings out in him. Because he kind of wants, obviously, the best for the women. But because of the higher ups, he's uh, indated or not indated. He's brought back down. Yeah. It's like being between a rock and a hard place where you're like, I can't say no to either of these people. But his his unhingedness is brilliant. The Alice character, which is, I think her name is, the actress's name is Deborah. She was, I think she's your one that was in Shameless. Wasn't she? Now, I recognise her. And I probably should have looked this up before we did the podcast. And the end credit bit, they say to her, oh yeah, we loved you in something. And we brought you in so the film will be taken more seriously. And then they poke fun at that because obviously... Well, I don't... I, I can't be shameless because shameless wasn't out in 97. Quickly Google it. Quickly Google it. I'll Google it quickly. Secret Lies, Enola Holmes, Spider-Man, Far From Home. She's in a lot of stuff. Let me see what she was in before. Casualty. Well, see what she was in before 1996. Okay, so before Spice World, she did Casualty, but she only did one episode. Secrets and Lies, Turning World... Touching Evil, Under the Skin, and Crocodile Snap, which was just a short movie. I don't know any of those things. Maybe she was a theatre actress. Maybe. Maybe she was in theatre. Anyway, another thing I love about Clifford, the character, is his bus announcements. They were my favourite thing. You know, when he would just all of a sudden announce what they're about to do. He's like, and now we're going to go answer really silly questions from journalists. And then it was like, don't leave your face cream in the fridge because it gets mistaken for actual cream. Yeah, no, I loved his character so much and the suits he wears. He wears only two suits, but they're fantastic. They're like silk, this emerald green with like the in- inliner being like a different color. He was, I think he's my favorite character. And then the bit where he's in, like in the he's in the bar with Alice, he's drinking a lot. He's smoking and he's drinking at this point because he's starting to get stressed out. And I think there's a moment where he's like tries to basically ask her out, but it doesn't happen. Oh, was that not the bit where he's where they talk about their professional relationship? She walks away because she's kind of annoyed because she's like, oh, he's just talking about a professional relationship. And I clearly want more than that. Something about this film that I, I know is now 
was actually the the points that they make about journalists and the and the industry that they they work in the ridiculousness of fame is the pope catholic bit where where it says that they're questioning if the pope is catholic or not so basically she says yeah yeah they obviously take out a context i think that's a call back to the beatles when they one of them i can't remember who it was but basically somebody said something to him and they went oh yeah like we're bigger than jesus they got really bad press for that and i think that was a call back to that showing you how journalists take everything out of context and this might be me looking too much into it but it is it's women being oppressed by men they are literally controlled by all these different men the journalist is a man, the writer's a man, the producer's a man, their manager's a man, Roger Moore is a man, everybody around them, even Alice, is bedding, or oh, not bedding, not bedding, but bending to a man. Every they're surrounded by all these men who are trying to put them down and they are fighting back, constantly fighting back against it to keep their true selves and not be controlled and not being told what to do. And they're constantly trying to fight fight back against it. There's even a moment at the very beginning when Clifford said, Oh, there's no there's no fans outside. There's no fans outside and then they kick he kicks the door very dramatically and then screaming fans everywhere. But something I noted, which I never noticed before, was the paparazzi who tried to take a picture of under their skirts. Did you see that a bit? Oh, I never noticed that. No, I didn't notice that. It was a really quick bit. Clifford's like, try to above the skirts, please. And then one of them say, what was that, Clifford? And they keep going. I think that was a little bit of a, an FU basically to uh, paparazzis who do that all the time, who overstep the boundaries and think because of who they are that they can do what they want and they can take advantage of them and taking a photo on their people's skirts. Oh, your property. You're just public property. So I can do that if I want to. And then the journalist who... He believed, oh, because we put them in the paper and stuff. That's the only reason why they're famous. Like public property. Oh, I have a right to profit from their fame. So yeah. I'm going to tear them down now so that I have something to profit from, from them. Nothing to do with actual real journalism. And to be honest, that's how I feel about journalism nowadays. I think it's all clickbait and it's literally just happy to tear people down and take things out of context in order to make some money off yeah. of it. It has its bizarre points and everything. There's stuff in this that's actually quite relevant today. And I feel like that's what this film was, was showing you how ridiculous fame is and how nobody actually knows who they are because the only thing you know is based on what the newspapers write about them and what they've they've put out there and show for you to see because they've been tailored that way in order for you to watch them and engage with them. But you don't actually know who they are, but also being able to poke fun out of it as well. It didn't exactly work, but the idea I thought was quite good. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, you said at the start there that... Um you might be looking into it too much. I don't think you were. I think that obviously this is a very tongue-in-cheek film that doesn't have much substance to it, but I think that the fact alone that the Spice Girls are known for girl power is such a big part of this film where it is kind of like, yep, we're girls, we can do it. Girls, again, I keep using that word because it's Spice Girls, but you know what I mean. We're women who can get shit done. I like that, I like that. I, li I like that whole side of it also the against the against the what boy bands do and that's just not what they are remember when they tried to do uh, a concert and the guy has like, these topless men behind them that like greased up to the nines and they're so uncomfortable by it this is not who we are i don't want that in the background but then they poke fun at it again because you have it where they put suits on them but they have like arseless chaps on and Clifford was like oh so they put clothes on and he's like we compromise like obviously spin around it's just arse cheeks and he's like that's the compromise <laughs> I was like brilliant the bums that was funny yeah that was very funny 
<laughs> and it is like there's so many points in that film that are just stupid funny i wish that it went more into that i wish it was just a collection of really funny sketches that were so british because the whole thing is very mm-hmm. very british yeah and if it was just all slapstick and tongue-in-cheek humor i would have enjoyed the film a lot more a lot more if that's what it was right the way through the last half hour was that consistently and i liked that about the end of the film that it all was just absurd humor it didn't rely on any character building or any real drama or character arcs because it was just fun and that's what i thought this film was going to be re-watching it 20 years later it's a little bit austin powers like i think it is but only for that last act but the thing is like with this film obviously they have an audience that they have to cater to and the majority of their audience were young people so they can't go for anything too blue they can't go for anything that's really close to the line and whilst there were points where you could see them edging into some more adult humor it was all very tame and it was all very pulled back which is what you expect but if they could have went down more of a monty python or mr bean route where it's like you can be funny yeah but you're expecting way too much true like that was like actual actors whereas i think the reason why they could only do so much with this film was the fact that the girls i'm afraid cannot act like the only one that was kind of okay was was mel b she had moments where you kind of it was like okay fine but one scene where posh spice was uh victoria was when she fell in the water from this the speedboat that was the only time she i thought she had a decent acting was in the water and i think that was more just because she was freezing and she was angry she was really angry yeah she was actually furious yeah like i i, I don't know i think that even if they can or can't act i think looking into it there's such a strong supporting cast and obviously by this point the spice girls were such a phenomenon that i feel like they could have done something pretty good with it i'm not saying that in that i expected to watch this film and be like oh my god this is a classic of course i didn't you just have to look at the title of our podcast to realize that. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think that but it was funny watching it and seeing little glimmers of oh my god i can see what you were going for i know what you were going for with this movie but it just doesn't hit the mark up until i'll say it again that last act it never really got there like they did that whole alien invasion thing where there were no toilets that were working on the bus so they had to get off and go into the woods and then these aliens appeared that were speaking their alien language but somehow the spice girls understood what they were saying that scene based on how that last act of the film went that scene could have been really funny and they could have done a lot more it just feels like this film was thrown together there was no thought put into it but i don't even mind that what i thought it was to begin with more of a sketch anthology movie but they've tried to shoehorn in this weird storyline that has so many divisions that it just feels like they're trying to make a series of movies 
condense it into one. Show them in chapters rather than breaking this up. The film fell apart for me almost immediately. It made no sense. The jokes for the most part are terrible. The driver of the bus, we haven't even got into him. Meatloaf is the driver of the bus and I am a huge Meatloaf fan. Huge. You say it and I went, oh my God, yes. I did not realise that. And now that you say it, it's like, of course it's meatloaf. Of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's meatloaf. But they do so little with them. Yeah, but that's, I think that's the funny thing though, right? That's the whole point. But it would be funny. It would be funny. Like, I liked him being in that part until that scene with the aliens. All the toilets are broken on the bus, which is why the girls go into the woods to do the toilet. Richard E. Grant goes up to Meatloaf and says, can you fix the toilets so that we don't have to do this again? And Meatloaf says, I love these girls. I'd do anything for them. But I won't do that. And I was like, oh my God, the low hanging fruit. Brilliant. Like, come on. I didn't appreciate that as much as I do now. Ah, it's not funny. It's just not funny. And it's so obvious. Especially because basically what he's saying is that he doesn't want to put his hand down to pull out their giant shits out of the toilet. <laughs> so that way they can take another shit. That there's five women taking shits on this bus. I ain't putting my hand on their shit. I would do anything for love, but I won't remove crap. This is probably quite biased because I love Meatloaf so much, but I was just like, if you're gonna get him to be part of a gag. My favourite was Jennifer Saunders because I had really hoped she would be her ab fab character. And it seemed like they were kind of getting to that because it was all fashion that they were talking about. She was like, yeah, this is a Manta Ray sunglasses, Manta Ray sunglasses. And I was like, oh, please say that's a fab character because I love her. It would have been brilliant. And I love that she was in this. I really wish they would have had her styling them. That would have been even better instead of having that random man yeah. photographer. That would have been brilliant. Like, if they just had her a little bit more. And I think, like, my, my reason for loving the fact that Richard O'Brien and meatloaf are in it together is because rocky horror like they're both rocky horror they're both legends based on that and i feel like there were so many cases with those two and with jennifer saunders even in some cases with alan cumming where they were just so underused and alan cumming he's a brilliant actor He's incredible. Is Alan Cumming the one that he, like, she turned into him in the post box? Or the post box, sorry, the telephone box? No, 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 no. Alan, Alan, Alan Cumming is Scottish actor. He was the documentary maker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Alan Cumming is yeah, amazing. Yeah, oh, God, sorry. My head just, like, went blank. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. He's so good. And, the like, just to describe how good this guy is, right? I read this article about the making of Spice World, the movie, because that's where I am at 31 years old in my life. I am reading articles about the making of Spice World, the movie. Alan Cumming got the part in this movie because Ginger Spice saw him in Hamlet at the Donmar Warehouse. He's such a good actor. We need him for this movie. And it's the fact that playing Hamlet at the Donmar Warehouse led him to this. 
I feel like they they must have got paid really well. Oh, they would have. They would have. They were like, I'm going to get paid loads for this. I think people just did this because they were like, it's the Spice Girls. I'm not saying no to the Spice Girls. Even Stephen Fry was in it, for God's sake. You know, when like all these people are in it, that they're like, it's the Spice Girls. We're coming in it just for that reason and no other reason. And it's such a shame because I don't think there will ever be a phenomenon like that again. I mean, obviously you had the Beatles... You had Michael Jackson. Not that I personally would put the Spice Girls on the same creative level as though as them. In terms of the phenomena, it was huge. And I really don't think we've seen anything like that since. I've never been a big fan of theirs, but I know people are like teenagers from when I was a teenager and friends of mine that they really like Girls Aloud. And Girls Aloud almost reached that point, but didn't really. And I think... But they weren't worldwide. It's the times. I think Spice Girls came in at the perfect time when there wasn't many big female bands generally or big female groups generally. Mm -hmm. So that's why they were able to hit and grab so much of an audience. Whereas when Girls Aloud came in because of the increase in technology and how many musicians that are out there in the world, it's so much harder to grab the attention now than it was back then. So I feel like the Spice Girls were just on the end point of like, say, Bizone, like Backstreet Boys, they all came from the same era. And there's no boy band really... That, like other than mm-hmm. maybe One Direction that hit that kind of level. Well, that's what I was going to say that. I think One Direction are the only band that's come close to that worldwide domination. Yeah, and I think, and that's because of like the fact that they had done so well on social media. Mm-hmm. So they, they were the first band to use social media to their advantage. There's from a di- different generation. So I think they were just in the middle point before social media kicked off. Um, but definitely, yeah, One yeah. Direction probably be on a on a on a similar pedestal as them. Yeah, and I think, but it, it's interesting that there's such a gap there when it comes to like bands, like big worldwide phenomenon bands. I feel like, and I could be wrong, that between the Spice Girls and One Direction, there's not really anyone. No, there's not. No, I don't think so anyways. There's nobody that I... Like, there's bands that I listen to, but there was nobody that I was literally wearing a Spice Girls t-shirt and had posters and actually bought physical copies of their music. And there was just this mania, like, this collective mania. It's weird. Yeah, screaming. Yeah, Beatles style. I think that's what they were. Like, Beatles style is kind of, like, manic people. And I I think just girls needed something as well. We had all these boy bands and we didn't really have a girl band. So now, once... And then then they came along and then people were just like, yes. And then even me, like, as a wee gay boy, I'm, like, watching these amazing female role models going oh i really like this like i didn't i never got into any of the boy bands never have yeah, ever same. i didn't like backstreet boys same. didn't like westlife or boys own same but when the spice girls hit i was like oh i i i like them and it's just i think there's something quite special about that storm that they created it's interesting when you see it now when they talk about reunion tours or tease reunion tours or even if they were to get yeah. back together on the telly. I, I'm not too sure if this would be a worldwide thing, but certainly anyone in the UK, we would be all eyes on it because we just remember that as being such a big thing and the Spice Girls having such domination over the charts. And I don't know, it kind of gives you that little bit of pride. Yeah, yeah. They would be like the cranberries to me. Or, uh, and I guess Westlife exactly. or something. Exactly. <laughs>
Oh, the Cranberries. They should have done a bloody Cranberries movie. That is a musical movie that I could get on board with. Wee bit of zombie. They came back, they did a tour. The love for them is still there, even when it was only just four of them, which is a kind of funny point because I think they mentioned in the film at some point that, oh, what happens if it was only two of us or three of us? And then they were like, no, we're just, we're only, they're the five, we're a five piece. Mm-hmm. Without the five of us, we, we're not like basically the Spice Girls. I remember Jerry left. Jerry left the band. Yeah. No, but that's what they say that in the film, which is kind of funny because it's like foreshadowing that they actually do lose somebody and they keep going. This question I'm going to ask you, Ben, it's kind of redundant now because you kind of answered it at the beginning of the podcast. Sorry. I see it, Stephen. I see it. Sorry. Stephen's just coming because I blocked his tablet so that I wasn't eating the internet because while we were doing this podcast. And his way of asking me to switch it back on is to open the door slightly and then slide the tablet in and then kind of wiggle it at me so that I can see it and then slide it back out and then because I didn't answer the first time but saw it he didn't did it again and now I've answered it and he's left the door open so I will turn it back on if you close the door I, I like the fact that your partner is so attentive because I texted my husband about 25 minutes ago saying can you come and top my wine up and he's still not He's still not coming. The only reason my boyfriend is attentive is because he wants me to turn his Wi-Fi back on <laughs> and he still hasn't closed the door so as I was saying, as I was saying um, before, I was rudely interrupted by Stephen and uh, Ben left me for a pee. It's an obvious question, but if you could be any Spice Girl, which Spice Girl would you be? Ah, okay. My answer might not actually be that obvious because my favourites are Mel C oh. and used to be Ginger Spice. But if I could be any of them, I would be Mel B. In a heartbeat. Why? Because she gets the best parts in the songs. Okay, yeah, it's fair enough that she does. She does. Yeah. And her outfits, like the leather Are the best. print and like the animal and like her massive hair. Oh, I, honestly, she I looks think great. She's, I, she's absolutely brilliant. I, if I could be any of them, it would be her. Yeah, same. Same, 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 Mel B. I, I think I relate to Mel C more just because of her clothing choices. But realistically, if I could only be one person, I would rather look that good all the time than, than wearing trackies all the time. And she looks fantastic all the time. Fantastic. I like her singing voice. Yes, she has Absolutely. great parts in all of the songs. You know, she's just a beautiful woman. And she seems nice as well. Like I've seen her on, see her on TV shows and stuff like that. She seems like she had she was decent chat. So I feel like if I had to be anybody, I would be her. 100% agree. All right, now it's time for... Not my cup of tea. Sorry, I forgot the title. Ben, this is your bit. I know, it's my bit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yes, now it's time for Not My Cup of Tea. It's not my cup of tea. For this part of the podcast, I'll read three bad user reviews for critically acclaimed movies and Jess will guess which film I'm talking about. Every week, Jess gets a point for every title she guesses correctly. She's currently got two points. So hopefully she can earn a bit more. I'm hoping that this one is easier than the last one, okay? That's my hope. It better be easier. In the past, my reviews might not have been very helpful in the clues that they've given. So I'm going to try and make it a bit more obvious, but not, but without being too obvious. I would appreciate that. I think anybody would appreciate that. We'll try. We'll try. When Jess gets five points, I will be paying her back with writing a song about her. 
I expect a performance of the song too, a live performance, not pre-recorded, a live performance on the podcast of the song. What Madame wants, Madame gets. <laughs> <laughs> he paused there because he was like, I don't want to do that, but now he has to. Right. Okay. So I'll start off with the reviews. And if at any point you want one clue, you only get one clue, just ask. Okay. Okay. Hit me. Three out of 10 by Florentine. I do like musicals, but I didn't like this one. It's been a long time since I walked out of a movie, but I really wanted to today. Right, okay, so it's a musical. Next one, please. That Already a little bit more helpful. Next one. Okay, so hold on a second. I'm just getting the next one up. Sorry, I've completely lost it. <laughs> Okay, okay. Got it. Three out of ten by Great Martin. I love jazz. Love stores. <laughs> I'm guessing they meant love stories. And Hollywood musical movies. So why is my reaction to this movie, which right now seems to be one to beat for the best movie Oscar and Golden Globe, so blah? So it's a musical and it's got jazz in it. Oh, okay. Next. <laughs> okay. So your next one, one out of 10 by Chris VB. Wow. I knew this movie would be pretentious, but I thought it would at least be interesting. I was wrong. I actually fell asleep in the theater. The first time I've ever done that. Can I have my clue? Your clue is the year in which it was released, which is 2016. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jess. I feel like you've had enough information to get this. Oh, no. 2016. Musical, jazz, Academy Awards, Golden Globes, 2016. No, no, 2016, jazz, musical. It's not the one where Catching Zeta Jones is in, is it? You're going to kick yourself if you don't get this. I know. It's not Hairspray. The next film you say is your guess. Okay, I'm not saying a film then. <laughs> you don't seen a film. Do you give no. up? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> yeah. 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, 2016, which is five years, five years ago. It's a jazz musical, jazz musical, jazz musical. Glo Golden Globe nominated. It's not Dream, Dream Girls, is it? Go on, tell us then. Dreamgirls, no. That was like 2006, I think. La La Land. It was that 2016? Sorry, oh, Kick myself, yes. I get it now. I wouldn't have got it though. I, I For some reason, I thought that was later. Like, it was newer. I, I, no, I get you. I get you. It feels like that was more recent than 2016. I actually didn't love well, I'll land controversially and being a big fan of musicals, I thought I would have loved it, but no. What? Why didn't you like it? Don't know. Don't know. I went to the pictures to see it and I remember walking out and just being like, I oh, whatever. It was fine. I thought that they were great. They were both great in it. Um, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, they were fantastic. I don't know. Just didn't, didn't really love it. Oh, well. That's my opinion. 
not my cup of tea. It's all right. I don't. I don't know if it deserves the acclaim it got. I didn't. I did watch it and yeah. didn't hate it. I've watched it twice, so I must have say something about it. I think that I um, enjoyed the aesthetics of it more than anything. Kind of old movie style. Oh yeah, that like the costumes and everything were beautiful. Sorry, pal. Right, you've got two, still three points away from getting that sweet, sweet song written about you. Ben is like saying sorry, pal, but I know for a fact he's delighted because it gives him so much more time. And I feel like he's doing this on purpose and making them really difficult. So that way I fail. Who's to say I don't already have the song written and I'm just waiting to the point that I can release it? A hundred percent you don't. A hundred percent you don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Absolutely mm-hmm, not. You're a liar. Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, anyways, Ben, it is time to rank that film on how bad can it get? We don't use any of these stinking percentages. Oh, no, we don't. Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous. No, instead, we use categories. Included in those categories are... Number one, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Number two, good for a laugh. Good for a laugh. Ha 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 ha. And number three, kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. So Jess, Spice World the movie, how would you categorise this movie? If we look at it, it was a fun film and I love the Spice Girls. So yes, I am like the actors and famous folk who jumped on the chance of being in the film so they could be around them. I was happy to watch it just to watch them. I wouldn't kill it. I wouldn't kill it. I think I would have to say it is a guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Because if I'm honesty, it's not funny. It's not. It's anything but funny. Like the comedy that they tried to pull out of it is terrible. I find things in it which is worth watching and probably would watch it again. <laughs> um, but it would be a guilty pleasure and it would not be good for a laugh. And I wouldn't kill it with fire because I don't think it deserves that just because of who it is and what they tried to put forward in the film. I think it deserves more than that. I think that firstly, I love the cast. I love the Spice Girls. I love the message of girl power and being yourself they seemed to try to cover however i think that this film was disappointing i think that the first hour of the film is not only forgettable but very badly made with no sense in it i thought that the last half hour was great but that's not enough for me to ever watch it again so i'm gonna have to kill it with fire oh no you i can't believe you set the spice girls on fire i set the spice world on fire not the spice girls i would never do that to them no you set. you didn't set. no you didn't set the spice world on fire you set the spice girls on fire that's what you did those girls are on fire fire honestly love love the Spice Girls who doesn't love the Spice Girls they're great and not enough apparently not enough not a true fan well the film was just kind of shite but that's what's good about it but no the last half hour of shite was good but everything leading up to that was pants and so many wasted opportunities they had such a good yeah fair enough 
I know, I know, I know, but I just can't do it. I could not set fire to Spice Girls. So even it didn't matter. I don't think it mattered how shit it was. I would have still been like, I would still watch it because they're in it. My girls. I'll never watch it again. I'll never watch it again. Fine. Sadly, but I won't. <laughs> That's sad then, I guess. Death to Spice Girls. <laughs> la, 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 la. Sporty, ginger too, posh and baby, haven't got a clue. Just one friend for them to share. Pregnant lady, let's leave her upstairs. Turn off the telly. This film is shite. Not sure what's going on. This film is shite. That bus is massive. This film is shite. Ah. I really should have left because I'm having a bad time. Brain is shutting off. Don't worry, I've got wine. Aliens are here. Uh, uh. What's going on? Is there a plot? Things happen and stuff. Posh is all wet. That must have been tough. That woman's giving birth. Oh, ah! Is the movie that bad? No, I, I liked it and I would probably watch it again. Hold tight! On our next podcast, unlike our usual podcast where we tear apart bad films every fifth podcast, we are going to talk about a film that we really love and hopefully that the world feels the same way about because otherwise we'll be heartbroken. Ben, as I pick the low rated films, I think it's your turn to Mm -hmm. contribute and pick a film that you really love that we're going to discuss. I'm going to hold off on doing like my top three films. My three favourite films are like those films that you can't choose between because you love them so much. But this film that we're going to watch is very close to being top tier for me. And a lot of people disagree. The film that we're going to watch next week is Dancer in the Dark. It's a Lars von Trier film starring Björk. And it is probably the single most emotional film I have ever seen in my life. I've never seen it. I've heard about it, but I've actually never... Like, I love Bjork. She's mad. And creatively, she's a genius. And I've been told it's worth a watch. So for me, I'm really looking forward to this just to have the opportunity to sit down and watch it. I'm excited and surprised of your pick. I didn't think you were a Bjork fan, to be honest. I've never heard you talk about her before. I'm glad. I'm a huge, huge Bjork fan. I will say I'm not a big Lars von Trier fan. Um, I didn't like melancholia or nymphomaniac or any of those films yeah but this film in particular really really hit me and i think yeah i've only managed to watch it maybe three or four times every time i watch it i'm blown away by the acting the filmmaking behind it the tragic story everything about this film i think is exactly why the medium of film is so successful in portraying emotions and pushing empathy. I hope that you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. I think you'll see what I mean. Don't read anything about it. Don't find out anything about this film. Just turn it on and watch it and make sure that you don't stop from start to finish one sitting with nothing distracting you. I don't normally read anything about them until after I've watched it just to see whether or not my interpretation was similar to how people had seen it and not to ruin my interpretation of it as well. I'm excited I'm I'm looking forward to the film and the excuse to sit and drink wine and watch a film. I'm excited (laughs) I've been out of wine for far too long now Jess so I think I'm going to go and top myself up. Thank you for a wonderful 
conversation. And on that note, we'd like to say thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, you should like and subscribe it. You should listen to our other episodes in case you've just skipped to this one. Until next time, bye. Viva forever, bitches. <laughs> bye. Bye.